0: What up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome back to Looking Up. My name is Max McCoy. This is a part two with Justin Resvani. If you haven't already, be sure to check out part one. We talk about his journey in building a million dollar business, selling it uh, all before the age of thirty, which is pretty crazy. This episode, we go a whole different direction. Um, we go deeper, and so after a crazy turn of events. Justin's been preparing for brain surgery. He went from building a million-dollar business to mastering health and performance at the highest level, Um, honestly one of the healthiest guys on the planet, to having a near-death experience and preparing for brain surgery that would literally split him wide open. And this came out of nowhere. Um, I was with Justin literally a week before this all went down, and, and it was just so out of the blue, so crazy. So for this episode, we discuss his health journey and how that continued once realizing that brain surgery was in his near future. Um, So some heavy shit, but honestly really positive and impactful stuff. A lot of life perspectives on this one. So uh, this could have easily gone another direction for Justin. And so I can humbly say like, I'm blessed that I was able to sit down with him, to be able to sit down with my friend um, who was still breathing alive and smiling and we were touching and it was just a true gift um, to be able to reflect on things like the meaning of life, living a life without regrets, and so much more death or a near death experience can teach us a whole ton about life and what it means to live a proper life. And so the perspectives and the conversation in these episodes acted as like a, you know, if nothing, if this experience already didn't wake me up, uh, this conversation with Justin about everything and about the perspectives on life rewoke me up to, you know, like living a life of intention and, and remembering what truly matters. So we go deep in this one, uh, a real spiritual journey, if you will. Hope you guys enjoy. I hope you guys are into this as much as I was. Uh, Again, just super grateful that Justin was with me for this and that we are able to digest on such high-level conversations, uh, given everything that went quote-unquote wrong. So I hope you guys enjoy life perspectives from a man who not only sold a company for millions of dollars, not only conquered health at the highest level, not only who conquered performance at the highest level, but then who had a sudden change of events and had to prepare for, you know, open head surgery. Fucking crazy shit. <laughs> Hope you guys enjoy this episode with my friend, Justin Rosvani. Tell me before we talk about what happened two weeks ago, you had so much intensity in growing your business. Tell me how intense and to what extent your health journey went on because I think that's a, that's a pivotal part of the story is like, how like you didn't just take your health serious and meditate 10 minutes a day and like, uh, and lose like five pounds. Like you transformed your avatar. It was a
1: dramatic shift. And, um,
0: at my peak, I weighed
1: 240 pounds. Um, I was a big boy and pictures don't necessarily show it. Some podcasts out there like you could see, I was a pretty big boy, uh, sitting there and like kind of those, those descriptions. And, um, when I did my Ironman, I got to 170. So that was like my peak. Lost weight. So a pretty big shift. So you insane. did an Ironman. That's I mean that's. I did an Ironman a few. Yeah. <laughs> that's like the three, most intense. Four, three, four weeks, four months ago.
0: So August most, 18th. One of the most taxing physical exercise things you could do, right? Probably. Up there. Twelve hours. With like ultra marathons, Ironman. It's in the same family.
1: Yeah, they're in the same family, I think. Um, so, but three sports in one: running. Is a whole like you can just run, but this is three sports in one, so you gotta always train for three. Anyway, uh, point was, I knew that I had to make a dramatic change, like all things, and I really wanted to become in peak optimal shape. So I, you know, my North Star ended up being from going from being a really large guy. I was um, I was doing drugs consistently that were probably not good for me. I was drinking a lot. Um, I just wasn't taking care of the avatar properly, and because I didn't have. The avatar running properly the spirit couldn't run properly there so I was literally investing all my time in optimizing health so the one thing I looked at is biochemistry how does this thing actually function what are the things that make this thing run and if longevity is my purpose and I want to live to a long time and create a lot of value for people all around the world how do I optimize this machine through biochemistry so nutrition was my first thing next thing was to understand how I can increase the 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 value of the mechanisms within my body my lungs my heart and my brain and those are the three functions that i want to optimize against and um, um specifically like you know mastering my vo2 increasing my power output increasing my efficiency of my metabolism uh, metabolic efficiency all these things that i want to do kind of long term and then the ability to be mindful and then focusing on rest and sleep and all these other aspects so i went on this weight loss journey i tried all these different things. I focused on how do I optimize my diet? What do I eat? What do I not eat? When do I eat? How do I eat? How do I move? What does proper movement look like? What does proper exercise look like? Can I run for a very long time? Can I cycle for a long time? Can I swim across a large body of water? And then Ironman happened to be the sport that I came to do. I, along the way, I lost what we call about, you know, 70 pounds. Um, I, I've lost like half a human. And Along that way, I've gained 20 humans in my mind in terms of the things that I've broken through. I've ran longer than I've ever ran before. I've worked out for more hours than I've ever worked out before. I've biked for hours upon hours. I've swam for thousands upon thousands of yards. I think if I look at my last count in 2019 across all my training, I swam almost a quarter million yards, a little bit more than a quarter million yards, cycled um, over 3,500 miles, and probably ran over twelve hundred miles in this last year in terms of my training regimen. See that all on Strava? You can go look at it if you want. Um, and all that time is by yourself, no music, no outside stimulus, focused on actually just training and being That's a good with your point. breath. Um, I recommend that you know, all these people are going out there doing runs and cycling with headphones on and listening to podcasts and music to distract them from their breath. Like that is not how you run. You run You cycle with yourself and your breath. And that's a meditative and, in fact, a spiritual process Mm. to me. And getting out there and just going for a walk. Even yesterday, now I can't run for the next couple months. Um, So I'm going on walks. And I would say, oh, why don't I put headphones in and go on a walk? And I'm like, no. I'm like, I'm going to keep my phone in my pocket so I can at least watch my heart rate. And then, but I'm just going to breathe and I'm going to do the same thing that I do on the run, but I'm just going to slow it all down and actually exercise and focus on my breath and just being very mindful. So basically on my path, I lost a ton of weight. I learned how to optimize my body. I did an Ironman. Um, and now I feel literally the best I've ever felt. And I've, I've I've now built this new platform to now go on my health journey. So now I think about it in two ways. I I've built a financial platform that was as a result of my business that allowed me to now create the next stepping stone, which is now this is to build the health platform. This is Justin's health platform. I'm now 178 pounds. I'm about 12% body fat. I'm usually down to eight to 10 when I'm doing an Ironman. So I know I can get down there if I need to. I'm in, in my opinion, one of the peak physical shapes that I can be in. Now I can build the next version of my life. I have the financial, uh, the the financial foundation built that runs itself all good i don't live a super extravagant life so i don't want to i don't want to own a boat i don't want to own a private airplane i don't want to live in a 15 bedroom mansion i'm happy with where i am i live in a very beautiful place and now it's now i built my health platform now what's else next in my life and that's still to be determined we don't really know i mean Obviously, you know I'm building this retreat with Aaron and a few other partners of mine. My teacher Lynn, we're going to be taking people down and experiencing Costa Rica, to experience what I think is a way to improve your life in seven days. Um, and then from there, we don't know what's going to go on from there. But I hope that answered your question. In a it's long super cool
0: there. to um, to know you and see how how seriously you take coaches. I've he- I heard you say in another podcast that you had a you had a health coach, a sleep coach, or a, a diet coach, sleep coach, spirit coach. How is the role of coaching? Uh, you don't have to hit on this for too long, but like, how is the role of finding the expert in the thing that you want to optimize, and like, and humbling yourself to the process of learning from someone who specializes in that? Because that seems like something that has really manifested itself in you. Like, you you just made me a, one of the craziest health drinks I've ever seen in our coffee. And I'm sure you didn't just learn that like by just figuring it out. Like you have you work with the best of the best and you humble yourself to find the people that know better than you. And I yeah. think that's a really cool part of your trajectory in anything that you do is that you seek the best. So like how'd that process go? What's your thought process about like coaches in general? Well, I, I took I took a step back and I said
1: as we evolved throughout the centuries, you know, we had teams of people in our tribes that we depended on. We had our spiritual guides, which are our shamans, that could have also been our health guides. We had people that we talked to about our problems. We had people that we went on our hunting trips with. We went to... In a tribe, you have people that have all these tremendous roles that help you improve and grow. And in some ways, we've lost that as society. We've somehow decided that we're going to create these little houses We're going to not live to any next to people we actually like and we're friends with that we speak to on a daily basis. There are, in fact, strangers that are all around us. And then maybe once a week, we'll get together with our friends or talk to them on the phone. So I knew that the value of having a team of coaches that were experts in specific fields would be the way that I can quickly level up in this whole thing that I want to learn. So I went on the discovery search to go find the best people in the world that do specific things and started surrounding myself with those people from the best, nutri- in my opinion, the best nutritionist on the planet, the, uh, Dr. Goglia, to finding the best spiritual coach, which is Lynn, to you know the best uh, recovery person on the planet, which happens to be my cousin, Dr. Patrick, finding an incredible medical team to be watching my blood work on a weekly basis, to find the best coach on, uh, the best swimming coach on the planet, Jerry Rodriguez, the best triathlon coach, Jim Labinsky, because I wanted to invest in triathlon, one of the best running coaches, Shonjo, Jefferson to help me run better. Looking at all these different things that I want to do and I went and found them and said, I want to work with you and then becoming friends with some of the best people that are you know, the most spiritually impactful people in the world, like having people like Jay Shetty in my life to call and, you know, what he's done and looking at how Aaron has fallen into my life and our mutual friend Aaron. And I think Aaron's one of the best movement people on the planet. And how he thinks about fitting in yourself and your body more. And he has a book coming around how you align yourself better around your house. And I look at my house. And I'm like, this is all inspired by Aaron in so many ways. Um, even though I had a, a sitting room before I ever met Aaron, but now we've applied it to my living room. And yeah. these, are, these are just things that in your life is like I want to find the best people in the world because I believe from there I can learn and I can absorb and maybe I can help translate that to somebody else in some ways. I think I'm very good at synthesizing things. You are like I'm not I'm not necessarily the inventor, but I'm more the that student. Can put together these scenarios and build something great. I didn't invent the concept of using a person that has a lot of followers to talk about a brand's message and put it out on the internet. I did not invent that concept. What I invented was the process to do that at scale and the system in which how you do that at scale better, faster, and easier. That's what I did. I put it all together into pieces. And I believe as we're moving into this next stage, all these different systems all lead to one optimal human and one optimal health human. And I think my next iteration of what I want to create is synthesizing all those things into one sort of a comprehensive uh, experience.
0: Mm. If you had to give someone a a launching pad, if they're like that motivates me to like find someone who's um, can help me, I really resonate with your, your point about the tribes. And like, for me, that's like something that why therapists seem so valuable to people is like that seems so intuitive that, we grew up in tribes or our ancestors came from tribes where yeah you just talked about your problems in depth with like the wise old whatever by the fire so where can people if there's one place to maybe start if we don't have the the resources to have eight coaches where would you say is like you know for the vast majority of people the 80 20 um from your perspective in and in, in seeking guidance is it like a a career coach a, a therapist or or is that something do you have any insight on? I depending on who's depends around on the you, person, yeah.
1: I think you need to just ask everyone around you for help first. I think the first step is that I, I because I'm conscious of the fact that some people don't have the opportunity to be paying coaches on an hourly basis to talk to them every day about that. I understand that concept. so I don't want to go say, go find a coach, go pay him. I, I wanna I wanna but. The first step in the process is to realize that you actually have to go talk to somebody. And the first thing you should do is go to the 10 people that you call your friends or your friend group or your family and say, listen, I know that I want to transcend this part of my life and I want to talk to someone. What do you think I should do? Mm. Go to the people around you first. And you might be surprised that someone in your life has this wisdom that can unpack with you and maybe they're having the same thing and that might be a person that you need to talk to maybe on a daily basis about the things that you're dealing with and eventually maybe that person knows somebody or that friend of a friend knows someone these degrees of separation that we have in our world today especially with the context of social media is incredibly small if you ask for help people will help you the problem is most people are so enamored with their own self-ego that they're afraid to ask for help in the first place. Whereas I have no shame in saying that I have no fucking idea what I'm doing in my life. I have no idea. I don't know the best way to do something. And I'm conscious about that. I'm conscious about that. I'm conscious of the fact that I don't know how to help myself in most ways. And you can look and say, oh, like this is a person that should probably know most things or, or whatever they want to put this label on me and some people in my position would think that they actually know everything and say that they actually know everything Well the fact is they don't I don't know everything I don't know the right people so I ask for help a lot I'm very open to asking for help and having those conversations I think that's the first step for anyone is just ask for help within your immediate circle
0: man that goes and it goes hand in hand with what you said earlier about embracing like the, the vulnerable parts of life the vulnerable parts of life like having pain that goes hand in hand with being vulnerable, vulnerable enough to like be like, hey, I need help with this. And you have someone firsthand who I've seen do that with anything. It's not a weakness. It's a strength.
1: Being vulnerable and being sad and sharing the fact that you're vulnerable and sad is not a sign of weakness. We've completely misunderstood that in so many ways. And I see that more than ever now. I share some, I've been starting to share a lot of my life more on social media. I don't by any means have a large audience by any means, but the people that I engage with that, that, that are my friends that talk to me often are more enamored by my points of vulnerability than my points of happiness in my stories, because that's in in often ways my true self Hmm. It's like when I'm really down and I'm talking about why I'm down and how I'm down. And how I'm feeling vulnerable. It enables people to be like, "Fuck, I feel the same way sometimes."
0: Because we feel like islands. We feel like we're the only ones dealing with that. Because we go on social media and everybody's like, "Oh, everybody else is doing good, but I'm fucking, I'm not." And then Which you is go on and you see
1: shit, by the way. Yeah, and you like sh- this is the
0: problem. Like this is probably
1: the biggest problem is that the concept of filtering and editing and cap and all this other stuff is you're so enamored by the perfect blah or the perfect eh he's a perfect, ah. Uh, and I even was that for a long time. Everything has to be like, like this Call is my shit. perfect fucking life. Yeah, No one's life is fucking perfect.
0: Yeah. To what extent is it like, uh, you know, for me, it's just like the way I look at it in my own lens is like, ah, oh, people don't give a shit about the good, the bad. Like, people just don't give a shit. And so how do you go about, like, deciding what I'm going to share and what I'm not going to share? Or is it just hey, I feel like sharing in whatever state I'm in right now and I'm going to be honest about it? Like, how does that look? I mean, to me, I I don't have that lens. I don't
1: have the lens of like people don't give a shit. And if they do or they don't, it doesn't matter to mm. me because what I'm seeing now is that there are people somehow finding my profile that send me messages that say, hey, that thing that you put up there really helped me go through blah, blah, blah. I don't even know these people. I don't know them. And I'm, I don't like have by any means. So like for me, that's like okay. So me being vulnerable for two seconds that didn't cost me anything helped someone else. Fuck yeah, we've improved the, the world by just this little mm. bit amount because that mm. person might be a little bit happier mm. here and there. And I don't give a shit about what people think. Mm. It's like my my buddy Drew is here like last he's like he's like you it's like you are probably one of those people that really doesn't care about what anybody thinks and you do things just based upon what you feel in yourself because I'm not going to be hurt by someone saying this little thing or like this little thing to me on the internet. I'm not hurt by that or by a negative comment. It doesn't destroy my ego. Maybe because that person's probably dealing with their own shit that they're projecting on me for whatever reason As nothing, Their comment has nothing to do with me or my life. Mm. And I've completely realized that in a lot of ways. So I think not giving a shit is a big part of the equation too.
0: Mm. I think it's huge. You had something happen a couple of weeks ago and I think all of this was a great prequel to you know how that was. You built a, a million-dollar business. You sold it. You conquered your health. You became one of the like top athletes and and performing Ironmans, which is one of the hardest things to do in the world. You took your health serious. You nurtured your spirit. You never felt better in your life. We went to Hawaii. We had an amazing time. I got to know you, and then we get back. What happened? Like it's it, it, it yeah. Go ahead.
1: So it's November 20th 2019 um, I'm sitting in my orthodontist chair I would just gone back um, and then basically what I think happens is I somewhat leave my body I um, and I start seeing myself observe a different version of myself and in the most blissful happiest state i've ever experienced um, and i and i can't describe it more than pure bliss and i'm and i'm and i'm trying in my head to say is that me or is that me observing someone else and i'm trying to figure this equation out in my head but i'm not in my body i'm laying down but i'm not laying down i've like left whatever this existence may have been and it was a pure state of just joy and happiness and just smile and I was just I was so ecstatic and I was laughing and I was crying and I was I was feeling this immense happy energy and then I see this like you know green light white light type situation which I think is just the green and white light from the dentist thing putting into my mouth um, that's what I, I perceive to see that and then I'm still in this exceptional state of just happiness and I come back um, to whatever it is, I, I'm, I'm extremely nauseous. Uh, I am almost throwing up, I'm gagging, and I start screaming. I'm like, I am not okay. And I'm in the doctor's chair, the doctor's like, are you, you like, you, the doctor says you just passed out. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, you're pale white and you're sweating. Um, don't worry, this happens a lot for people that lay down. It's a pressure baromodic thing. I was like, oh, okay, not a big deal. Uh, so they finished whatever is going on in my head, but I'm still super nauseous and I'm not feeling good. I leave, I leave the office and I forget what happens for the next hour, but I've basically gone to some sort of a meeting to meet someone at a restaurant for this thing that I'm working on. And I was telling from, this is what they've told me from after the fact that you showed up, you looked very weird. You told us the story of you leaving your body. We recommended you call a neurologist. I remember this part. I call a neurologist's office to make an appointment and say, listen, I have this thing that happens. And I specifically remember the person at the desk says, sir, you need to get to the emergency room right away. Um, so I get in my car, I don't remember, but I drove, it was very very unsafe. I drove to the ER, um, Santa Monica ICU, um, and they put me into a CAT scan. They told me, sir, your brain is hemorrhaging heavily. Um, you've had some some blood vessels have exploded in your brain and we need to put you in the ICU and control the, ble- the bleeding. They put me in an MRI machine um, and they, are, they find that there's this thing on the back of my eye and the right temporal lobe that exploded and um and my brain probably went dead for a little bit of time and i had an extreme seizure and i'm in the icu and they don't know why um i am i've come to the fact the grips of like i potentially could die this evening um and i'm in the icu i'm hooked up to all these machines and i'm looking at myself and i said why is this happening to me i'm uh, i'm the healthiest guy i've I I and I know in my group of friends I died in iron man 3 weeks ago why is this happening to me Um for the next 3 days I'm in the ICU They've uh, stabilized me they've they've given me some sort of uh they're intravenously giving me something in my blood to keep my brain from swelling because my brain was the the thing in my brain was bleeding that it was pushing pressure up until my skull and I was almost at the level of having some sort of a really heavy stroke. Mm. So they had to control the swelling of my brain. I couldn't drink any liquid, so they were hydrating me. And essentially the ICU kept me alive. And I and I worked through I made it through the night. I made it through the next night. And then they eventually checked me out. And what I've come to find over the last few weeks of discovery and speaking to my doctors is that I have a thing called a cavernous malformation of my right temporal lobe, which is a series of uh, capillary blood vessels that have exploded, created a massive blood pool in the back of my brain, and that's what caused the entire out-of-body experience that what what the doctors call a seizure, I think was a near-death experience in my ways. I believe that I had an extreme release of DMT, which is why I felt so happy. actually felt very similar to an ayahuasca experience, as I've done ayahuasca a few times. I feel very similar to that and now I'm on prepping for brain surgery in the next three weeks to remove this part of my brain um, so it's a pretty surreal experience um, that I that I'm kind of in right now that I'm that I'm working through um, but probably the most profound thing that I've transcended from this moment is I have no fear of death um, when I got checked in the ICU unfortunately what the, the first thing the doctor told me, because they didn't have a full glimpse of what was happening is that sir we think you have a brain tumor that is bleeding Um, so we need to immediately move you to another hospital to 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 keep you alive so the doctors are telling me um, within the first 30 minutes of me being there so this fear of death is coming over me and I'm calling my family and I'm calling my spiritual teacher and there's prayers and I'm crying profusely because I was like I'm gonna die today and this is the end of my life and And basically what's happened over the last few weeks is I've come to grips that the fear of death is something that we've manufactured of a life unlived. And I've lived a very full and complete life, even only 31 years of my life. Um, So I've completely removed the fear of death. And now it's the concept of living the most full life that I can. Mm -hmm. And this concept of you shouldn't fear death itself. You should fear an unlived life.
0: It's ironic um, because we're, literally in Hawaii we had gotten back we had like four days back and then this happened in two days two days and it's insane because there's so many talks in Hawaii of us just kind of embracing and like oh this is what you know so much clarity we're in so much beauty and you can't help but feel so connected to like whatever you want to believe in with all this beauty and you're with all these amazing people and you and I would even talk and you said openly, like this is the beginning of the next part of my life, the next journey we are my old chapter, this is the exclamation mark, like we are celebrating the old passing and stepping into the new, and there's all these new people. What is this given what happened, what does this next step feel like it's it really is it gives gives me chills as I say it because it was so on point, and it was like this precursor of what's to come so what what is this next step this next journey like where do you feel like you're heading now
1: well I think this concept of not fearing death is very new it's a very new feeling so I I wish I had something profound to tell you but I don't I really don't know my next step is I have brain surgery in three weeks three to four weeks. We don't know the exact date. I have to get a weekly CAT scan and then an MRI and then once the, because they have to let all the blood go back to the brain before they can determine how to cut everything out and Mm. open my skull and all that stuff. I don't know. But what I know is that after I survive this brain surgery, after I get through this, I'm hoping for the best comeback story of 2020. And whatever that means is I will start discovering the path after that specific moment. Mm. My, My particular focus right now is I need to get my body ready to survive this. Um, not saying that this is an incredibly crazy surgery, but at the end of the day, they're cutting my skull open, they're retracting my brain, going inside my brain, cutting something out and cutting back, putting screws back in my skull and putting everything back together. That has to happen. Regardless mm-hmm. of anything that we think, that's got to happen. And my focus is to get to that next point. So one thing that I think about, and to go back to something that you were talking about earlier is, I'm becoming, in my opinion, an expert in working through roadblocks. And often we have these these missions that are so far away from us, but we have these small achievements that we need to make along the ways. I'm not necessarily right now dreaming about this thing that I want to do in 10 years or the next thing. I am 100% focus on this one task and there's something to be said about focus I'm doing everything in my life right now to get to the next stage of what I'm trying to do and then building the next stepping stone and I think a lot of ways like this is a this is an experience of like going through your death whatever it's an experienced part of life so for me it's just I just want to focus this this next few weeks on this experience Mm -hmm. and i've i think step one is to remove the fear of death from my life i can truly tell you today max that like i feel like i've lived an incredible life i think that i am so blessed and i got to experience so many amazing things and that if i die tomorrow i've lived a full life and I, i i truly believe that in my heart that i that i will leave this world so happy and know that hopefully i've achieve the karmic path that I was supposed to in this lifetime and do a lot that I need to continue in my next karmic life per se. What but has
0: made it a full life?
1: I've gone through everything that I feel that I needed to go through and I and I live with zero regrets. There's nothing that I have said I wanted to do that I haven't completed yet in my life. I said I wanted to build, grow, sell a company. I wanted to be a whatever million i want to own my own house i wanted to travel the world i wanted to fall in love i wanted to fall out of love i wanted to have my heart broken i wanted to (laughs) have incredible sexual experiences with amazing women i wanted to um do an iron man i wanted to push my body beyond my comfortable beliefs um and i wanted to survive a near-death experience and i've done all that up until this day and i'm only 31 years old so I think i've lived a full life i think i have a lot more to live don't get me wrong i'm trying to live 200 years better, old i'm brother. only one third of the way there uh, but i i say this with 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 conviction is that i will not leave this life with regrets and i it was funny because so many people but one of the biggest things that they ask people on their deathbed like you know is you know were there things in your life that you wish you've done and were there things that you wish you would have pushed beyond? And for some reason, I was sitting in the ICU, and this question kept coming up in my mind. It's like, when you're hooked up to machines and all this stuff, the doctors are telling you all this stuff about what's in your head and it's in your brain you feel all this stuff, it's really scary. And I look to myself, I'm like, you know, if it is it, do I have regrets? Like, do I truly regret not doing stuff? And I swear on my everything, man, I sat there and I was like, I've lived an amazing life. Um, And I think transcending that as a building block to where I want to go next is going to be so powerful because, like, that's the ultimate fear. Everything that we fuck around with is all bullshit. The fear of death is one of the ultimate fears that we have in our life that we always look against because it is the ultimatum. This existence that we have will come to a finite end in this avatar, and we fear that. Once we can transcend that specific experience, holy shit, do we have some life to live? Because it's endless. It's experienceless per se.
0: Now you're playing with house money. And there's something about this experience that makes everybody around you kind of receive just a fraction of the gift that you've received, if we want to look at it that way. And Obviously, it's not an easy experience or hard experience, and you've been incredibly strong. But as you're saying, there is some gift to this. And the way you view life now and now everybody around you, I've called you the sun. All these plan <laughs> all these <laughs> all these planets orbiting Justin, all these health and wellness people, all these experts that really do help a lot of people and help themselves, but at the end of the day, someone they truly care about almost lost their life. And in an instant, you're reminded what life's fucking about. How quickly it can be taken away, that we're actually mortal and that what like and when here's Justin saying he would have no regrets, it's, it forces you to look at yourself and say, where would I regret where, or where would I, where would I change things? And it's just a, it's a trip. That's the only thing I could say is to, to have an instant and in a blink of an eye perspective and life change. And how much, you know, how
1: profound for me this experience has been is not necessarily that I've gone through this for myself, is that. My friends are calling me, not just to tell me that they love me, is that the, this experience has in some ways woken them up to the fact of the finite existence that we exactly. have in life. And, and they're they are doing things now in their life that they were pushing back and, 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 and waiting for for some reason. But then they look at me and say, Justin's super healthy, he's done all these things, and all of a sudden he has something blow up in his brain and he almost dies in the ICU. And it wakes me up to the fact that I should be doing more things in my life. That to me is fucking amazing. Like, let me be the goddamn scapegoat. I'm cool with that because I can deal with that. I can deal with all those things. I am I am built in a way that I'm resilient as fuck. I've gone through fucked up shit. I built a, like a business that fucked me up for six years and I came out on the other end even better than I went in on the first time. And I was pretty successful along the way, whatever you want to call it. But I'm resilient to do this. So my experience translating for people that are outside of me to me is way more meaningful than me dealing with a near-death experience. Because it'll change their life and by proxy will change hundreds or not thousands, if not millions of people along the way along that path so for me whatever this path is that i have to go through sharing that experience of being resilient not the fear of death and completely losing that fear of death to me is super profound and it's like it's a blessing that i can be a fucking conduit to do that i feel blessed that i i am the one that gets
0: to experience this for them i just want to say i'm grateful that you could teach us this lesson but you're still sitting with it with me brother um (laughs) man (laughs) I i lost a friend in april i've told you this and um yeah it was by far if not the hardest one of the hardest things i've ever gone through and uh it was adam he was one of the healthiest dudes he was a firefighter and just his life ended one day and as hard and as horrible and as confusing as it was it was one of the biggest trajectory changes in not only my life but the people close to my life um and it's crazy how on a, on, the, on a service level, we can all be like, oh, no regrets, no regrets, like I'm trying to live the life I've always wanted to. But then someone goes through something or someone passes that just instantly puts it all in perspective and it changes people's trajectory. So having felt that firsthand and then to see it with you, luckily not go that direction, but very close. And then seeing, you know, I saw it with my friend Kyle and how many lives just like were just, people were just woken up. And with you, to see not only people waking up, but just, you know, some of the most, pow—like I want to say powerful people in the world, some of the people with the biggest influence in the world are friends with you. And so these people with gigantic influence, seeing someone going through something like this, changing their perspective, and to see them apply changes to their own life, like you said, it's not only going to affect thousands, it could affect millions with ripple effects, which, which is a truly incredible experience. And I'm just I'm very grateful that you're here sitting with me uh given how this could have gone. Um when do you get scared man like I'm sure it's not all easy when does your does your mindset with this fluctuate man because if I was in your shoes I don't know what I I'm sure I'd be feeling the roller coaster of emotions it's hard to even contemplate how I'd be feeling but I mean when does it get hard? Does the, it get hard? The
1: waves the waves are getting, the waves of emotion to me are getting a little bit bigger. So the highs are highs and sometimes the lows are a little bit low. I don't know how much it has to do with the medication that I'm on to control my seizures right now because that's their biggest worry. I don't, I don't really know. These, Look, I've never taken medication uh, like this type of, like I haven't taken a daily dose of medication ever in my life. So there's probably a lot of it has to do with that, what I'm taking, but that's only short term. It's only up until the surgery. After that, I'll be fine. I don't have to worry about it anymore. So there, there is emotion to deal with that. But there's, I have so much positivity on the other side of this. Like I'm so hopeful of all the things that's occurring that I just have to like wake myself up if I'm feeling down for a second and be like, look, this is just a fucking story I've created in my head. That like I have to be sad. It's not real. It's not true. It's just a story I've created. And then I clap back and realize like, holy shit, I'm fucking blessed as fuck. Look where I live. Look who I'm around. Look who I get to text every day. Look who I get to talk to and have an experience with and just enjoy whatever this is of life. Look, I get, like like after this, we're going to have a beautiful hike. I get to go walk up a mountain, be around nature and be around these like amazing people for the afternoon and just hang out with them. Like Like at the end of the day, things are still amazing. Like all things considered... All is fucking good. All is going in the right path. All is going in the right direction. So I, I don't necessarily have, you know, I do have those, but I try to keep them, whatever, internal. And then I snap. I'm, I'm getting better at snapping back into what is positive and what is right.
0: Because
1: mm. life is not suffering. We've been, we sometimes think that that's the context of what life is. It doesn't have to be, nor is it. Um, and I thought it was for a long time.
0: Hmm. What does your healing modalities look like right now? So I approach.
1: I'm approaching my healing and recovery in three specific stages. Um, it's rest, and specifically sleep. The second is biochemistry and m- optimizing my nutrition, specifically for my brain health. And the final piece is community and touch. Um, and I think those three things are the most important parts of healing for anything that you're dealing with. And if you lose one of those pillars, you're not optimizing towards your out end of recovery of what you need. So rest and recovery really falls around a couple of perspectives. One is sleep. So I'm on a point of like 8 to 10 to 12 hours of sleep a night. I was in bed by 11 last night. I woke up around like 10 10 o'clock or something like that. So I had like about 11 hours in bed. Um, So that was about 10 hours of sleep. Then I look at the other stages of saying, um, am I doing my meditations? Am I doing my sound baths or whatever? Am I doing my Reiki healings? Am I doing my m- even more meditations? Am I spending time with my um, spiritual guides and spiritual friends to talk about car- you know energy? Am I reading the Vedas? Am I reading beautiful scriptures around life and death and all these things? biochemistry nutrition is, am I feeding the avatar everything it needs to deal with a brain injury and healing a brain injury? So titrating the proper micro and macronutrients on a daily basis. Am I eating at the right times? Am I eating enough food? Am I eating? Because often, like, sometimes when you deal with something, you're like, oh, maybe I shouldn't eat as much. Or, am I eating the right things that I need every single day and the right amounts of those things to feed my brain properly? And and really detoxing all the bullshit out of my life in terms of things that you don't need and really focusing on the the nutrients that you do need. And the final piece is community and touch. Am I on a daily basis talking, spending, feeling, hugging, um, connecting with the people that are most important to me in my life to have these visceral sensory experiences of touch and community in my life and, 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 going every single day with feeling another human being's energy, hold me and me holding them, having sex, and (laughs) enjoying the things that you're releasing that specific part of your energy that you need to. Um, You know, all of these specific things that I need to have as a part of these healing modalities to get me through this next phase, am I doing that consciously? And not just saying this is an afterthought, but consciously being around people. Consciously making time to be around people and not just doing it just to go out or go to a restaurant or go to eat dinner, but to experience and love them hmm. and making community happen here and bringing people together here. Like I got out of the hospital on a Friday um, and then on Sunday I had a friend's giving and I was like, my friend's like, are you still going to do this? I was like, absolutely, fucking am I going to do this? Yes, oh, 100%. And we still going to do poetry and we're still going to bring all this thing. Because to me, If I lose that pillar in my life, if I take that away, that fundamental, I am lacking in something that I need to grow and become better. So that's the way that I'm approaching healing, and that's the way I'm approaching recovery. And I think in this, what you want to call it, scientific way, I think it's going to end me much more positive on the back
0: end. It's It's kind of a means of just controlling the controllables, which you're really good at. You have a roadblock, but you're going to do what you have to do given your circumstance, to achieve your objective, which is to get through the shit. 100%. What do you want people to learn from you in this journey, man? Oh, man, I have no idea. That's a
1: really strong question. It is. It's a a great question. Um, uh, I think my path was a unique one. Um, But I also believe that the human body is so much more resilient than we know. I think that I even even tapped 15% of my capacity in a lot of ways. And I, and people will look and say, oh, you've done things that people will never do in a lifetime. But I still only believe that I've only touched 15% of my overall capacity and what I can do and what's achievable. Um, So in some ways, like you think that you're going beyond your limits. You're not even close to being there because you have no concept of what your limits are. Like you have no concept of what your universal limits are. Right, like uh, my friend Peter Crohn talks about in a thing that like, like you have the audacity in some ways to think that the unit that you're smarter than the universe's controlling mechanisms is is is, is mind boggling to me, and that's in some ways your limiting beliefs about yourself, what you can achieve, where you can go, how you can build. So I think it's in some ways like removing limiting factors from your life that you've self imposed is important, and then ultimately. The faster that you can remove any levels of fear in your life about what, what, what you can or can't do, you will flourish, because you have to remember this plane of existence. We will eventually come to an end, and something else is on the other side. It's amazing and it's beautiful. I don't know exactly what it is. I just know it's really happy and nice and incredible and and whatever. I just know that. So why not? Fucking do every single thing of every moment in your life to push beyond it to leave this world with some sense of like yeah fuck yeah I did that. Cause that's that's just that's the taste of life, is going through shit that you never believed you could have done at the beginning. Hmm. What do you think? Last
0: couple. What do you think the world needs more of?
1: Love and touch. I think that. We have too many fucking people out there not practicing what they preach. And if they approach things with a little bit more love, touch, and compassion, we would transcend. And I think that we really have to reconstruct what the human experience should be. Because the human experience that we've had in the last hundred years we've manufactured and made up. And we had a different human experience millions of years ago where we were evolving and growing. And in some ways, I truly believe we need to return to this concept of like community and really, truly building exceptional communities around us that we can grow and build and and build a long-term thing around. And not a community predicated on you do this for me and I do this for you and you do this for me and I do this for you and you do this for me and I do this for you. I'm trying to get into this thing, but it's, it's truly that we're trying to level up the human experience with no attachment to anything but that. Hmm. Um, because it's not about me, it's not about you, it's about us.
0: Where, do you want to leave with us leave us with anything? Is there somewhere you want people to find you in the Instagram? You're going to be documenting this journey with people? Yeah, I mean, I have my, just my name. Justin Resvani <laughs> just,
1: just Justin big Resvani. dog we call him uh, you, can, <laughs> you can just find me on the internet uh, I'm most active on my Instagram I do a lot of stories about what's going on um, I'll be posting a little bit more about all the things that I'm dealing with leading up to this uh, this experience we're going to have um, mm.
0: and yeah I'm happy to uh, and I'm excited to be helping you document this beautiful part of your I journey my man. you're a
1: blessing and I'm happy that you're in my life
0: Super, super grateful for you, my man. And um, my final question I always ask is, what's a piece of, uh, given you would change nothing, what's a piece of encouragement or advice you would would give your 24-year-old self?
1: Just keep on the path. Regardless of how much you're setting astray and how sad you are today, just keep on your path because... Every decision you're about to make in the next 6 years is the right one.
0: Hmm. I love you brother. Truly you, bro. have learned uh, a ton from you before this conversation. During this conversation my mind's been blown and I just I can't thank you enough for the space you hold for all of us, man. Thank you brother. You're Appreciate truly a you. gift, brother. Thank you, bro. Appreciate you. I'm excited for this this next chapter. Thanks, man. Thank you for checking out the podcast. Thank you for checking out Looking Up. There's a lot of shows you could be listening to, so if you're listening to this, I appreciate you. If you want to support the podcast, you can leave a, a review on Apple iTunes and leave a comment there. That is super helpful. And you could take a screenshot of the show and share it to Instagram, maybe include something you liked about the episode. Those two things mean the world to me. Help the show grow organically uh, and allow me to kind of hear from you guys and and kind of converse with you guys one-on-one, which is always awesome. I appreciate you guys. Thank you for listening to the show. A lot of amazing things coming in 2020. I'm excited to be growing and learning alongside you. I will see you on the next episode. Bye.